Amen. So this morning, I get to do something that I usually don't get to do, and that is introduce the guest speaker. And I told him I was going to get some fireworks set up and blow it off and make a big deal. But uh, I'm going to be honest, man. Pastor Rich has been, uh, we've supported their ministry, um, I think, almost since the beginning of the church. Um, so close to 20 years. They've done incredible work. Um, they've, been, they've been on the field for 25 years and just seeing incredible things happening with uh, youth and kids in Peru. And uh, man, I, I don't want to take any more time other than just get ready and gear up for what they've got today and what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. In the name of Jesus, let's go. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a real honor and privilege to be with you this morning and to be able to share with you what the Lord is doing in the country of Peru. Um, your church has supported us for probably 20 years. And I also want to say that anytime we've ever sent a prayer request by email, your pastor is one of the first to respond saying, we've got you and we're praying for you. And we really appreciate that. Um, we have two children. Of our children were born in Peru. We have a son, Paul, who's 24 years old, married and living in Miami. And we have a daughter, Angela, who is 20 years old, and she's getting ready to start her third year at Southwestern Assemblies of God University in Waxahachie, Texas. And both of them were born in Peru, and um, they are the joy of our life. We're so thankful that they had a wonderful MK experience, and both of them are serving the Lord today. Um, the city of Lima is where we've based our ministry at for the last 25 years. It's a city of 11 million people. It's a city that has action, activity, and noises 24 hours a day. So this morning we've brought with us some of the sounds that we hear on a regular basis in Lima. And we're going to ask you if you can tell us what the sounds mean. So I know some of you guys are getting ready to go back to school. You've had your vacation. So this is your first quiz. And um, each sound that we're going to play will have three options. And you have to vote option one, option two, option three. And I can see you, so... Here goes the first sound that we hear. Okay, that delightful sound. Option number one, is it a bicycle race that's getting ready to start? Number two, is it a bread salesman? Or number three, a political rally? Is it one, two, or three? Lock in your votes. <laughs> and the answer is two. Bread salesman starting at 5 a.m., up and down the street, ee -oo, ee -oo, letting you know that there's bread and different treats that you can have, even during summer break, 5 a.m. All right, here's another sound we hear. Okay, that delightful sound. Number one, is it an ice cream cart? Number two, is it the sound of a night guard on patrol? Or number three, the sound of a car alarm going off? One, two, or three. Okay, and that sound is ice cream cart and they are bicycle pedal ice cream carts making that sound and they will come to the door of the church like your church would be a four cart church and they'd be waiting for you kind of like the food cart at the end of service all right what's another sound we hear okay that's really <laughs> i thought it wasn't gonna be that loud that delightful sound is that the night guard on patrol is it a knife sharpener or is it a churro salesman one two or three and the answer is <laughs> knife sharpener. They come with a big uh, pedaled wheel, and they put the knife on it. Their busiest day is December 25, 
after you've been carving your turkey and your ham, <laughs> they will come and sharpen your knife. Last sound, if you got some wrong, this is your chance to redeem yourself. Okay, is that the sound of bottled water delivery, number one, number two, dinner's ready, steak, it's what's for dinner, or number three, trash truck, one, two, or three? And the answer is trash truck. The guy riding shotgun does that noise to let you know it's safe to bring your trash out. That way a dog isn't going to get into it or anything like that. So why do we ask you to listen to these sounds? Well, every single sound that we, we played for you uh, has a meaning. And it also has an action that follows it. And this morning the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church. The Holy Spirit is speaking to people individually. And he's asking you to do something. And our prayer is that you will obey what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. You see, we believe the Spirit is speaking to the church of today. I said the Spirit is speaking to the church of today. Amen. Amen. Well, in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, we hear these words over and over again. The, the message to the churches, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And you see, the Spirit is speaking to the church of today. The question is, are we listening to him? Are we hearing what he is doing? And are we putting it into practice? You see, he's calling us to be a victorious church, a church that goes forward, a church that advances, and a church that is making an impact in the world in which we're living. Well, I believe there are three very specific things that the Spirit is speaking to the church of today. And the first one is, is in Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, he's saying, I want to come upon you to help you to be a witness. To be a witness where you're at. Talks about Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you see, that is all to be happening at the same time. Well, you may never make it to the ends of the earth. That's where we come in. But you see, God has called you to be a witness where you are. And it's more than just living your life. That word there actually means to be a verbal witness, to go out and tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. Another thing that I believe that the Spirit is talking about us today is in Acts chapter 2, he says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they, will, and they will prophesy. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, says verse 21. You see, I believe that the Spirit is saying that he wants to pour himself out on all people. And you see here on this day of Pentecost, when Peter gets up to preach, he quotes this message but you see, the day of Pentecost, if you look back in the Old Testament, was actually a celebration about the harvest. And you see, Pentecost for us needs to be a reminder that we are to bring in the last harvest, the last day's harvest. And the verse 21 says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, Pentecost is to help us to fulfill the Great Commission. And I love the fact that the first group that is mentioned there are young people. He says, I'll pour my spirit upon your sons and your daughters and upon the young people. Well, I believe that in the last days that God is going to use the next generation, this next gen group that is coming up behind us. And if you're under the age of 20, I want you to listen to me very carefully. God has a special plan and a place for you in his, in his kingdom. 
and he is calling you to be the next generation that will reach the world for Jesus Christ. You are called. And I want you to listen to this. There have been a lot of ne negative things written about your generation. Don't believe them. Amen. Believe what the Bible says. He says, in the last days, I will put my, my spirit upon you, and you will prophesy, and you'll be witnesses, and you will reach out, and you will speak, and people will be saved. I love the little part there where it says, and the old men will dream dreams. You see, he didn't leave out the rest of us. But that little phrase there, old men will dream dreams, was recently explained to me in a way that I had never understood before. And I want to explain it to you. You see, old men dream dreams, but they don't dream about things that they've already done. They're not dreaming about the past. They're actually dreaming about the future. They're dreaming about the next generation. And you can liken it to what David did with his son Solomon. You see, David had a dream to build a temple. God said to him, that's not for you. That's for the next generation. And you see, God is saying to us as old men, we need to be dreaming dreams for the next generation. And so what did David do? He made everything possible so that Solomon could be successful. And you see, as the, as the old men, we need to be dreaming dreams and preparing things so that the next generation will be successful as they go out and run the world for Christ. And I believe that he's calling us and he wants to give us authority to go and make disciples of all nations, to fulfill the great commission. Matthew chapter 28, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You see, the Spirit is giving us power to be witnesses. He's pouring out himself out upon us so that we can fulfill the great commission. And I believe that it is our generation and the generation that is falling behind us that is calling, is called to fulfill the great commission. And what, how do we fulfill the great commission? Jesus made it very simple. He said, here's how you're going to do it. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. And then he told his disciples exactly how to do that. He said, I want you to baptize them. That means you've got to go out and get them saved but you've got to get them into the church, let them become a part of the body, and get them to be a part of the kingdom, baptizing them. He said, but it doesn't end there. You need to go on and you need to teach them. And that word teach is actually a training process that disciples would go through. Jesus actually took his disciples through a very simple discipleship plan. First step was Jesus did all the ministry, and the disciples just stood around and watched. That's pretty easy. The second step was that Jesus began to get them involved in little parts of the ministry, things like pushing the boat out from shore, giving them, giving them some fish and some loaves and handing them out to the people. And he said, and don't forget those 12 baskets, you're gonna need them later. But then he began to get them involved in greater parts of ministry. He sent them out two by two to go and preach the gospel, to heal the sick and drive out demons, and that's what they did. And then the fourth step, he said, guess what, guys? I'm leaving, now you go do the ministry. And you see, that's what they did. They went out and preached the gospel. They healed the sick. They drew out demons. They preached the gospel to their known world at that time, to the point that even just 100 years later, the historians wrote, there are Christians everywhere. They were even in the house of Caesar. And that's what they did. They went out and preached the gospel. And they obeyed, 
and they followed through. And Jesus said this one little saying, I am with you always. And you see, that is the key that we are to make disciples. But it's not just for us to make disciples. We are to train them and teach them so that they can go make disciples, who go and make disciples, and who go and make disciples. And that is what we are called to do, to fulfill the Great Commission, to make disciples who make other disciples. Recently, Dr. Mark Hosfeld had this to say about missions. Missions isn't so much about the where, it is about the who. And I would add to that the what. You see, missions isn't so much about the place that someone's going to. It's not so much about, for example, the country of Peru or the country of Panama or wherever you are. It's about the people. It's about the people that are there. And what are you doing with them? Are you reaching them? Are you training them? Are you making disciples of them? And you see, that's what Juan and I have been doing for the last 25 years in the country of Peru. We've been reaching the lost. We've been training the found. We've been making disciples. Well, sometimes people will ask us, but why Latin America? Hasn't Latin America already been reached with the gospel? Well, as soon as the God world missions, Latin American Caribbean, we have a saying, the other five. Why the other five? Because only one, go to the next slide, only one out of every six people in Latin America have been reached with the gospel. One out of six. So what are we called to do? We're called to reach the other five. Who are the other five? Well, about 50% of the population of Latin America is under the age of 15, children and young people who need to hear about Christ. We first got to the country of Peru. There was no adolescent ministry in churches or on a national level. So we began working on a national level, actually working as the national youth director for the country of Peru, developing a discipleship plan, a three-year, six-step discipleship plan that is now being implemented in churches all across Latin America. And it's actually being used in other countries as well because they've taken it and they're beginning to translate it in places like Romania, the Philippines. You may have heard of a little island by the, island by the name of Tonga. It's being used there as well. Training young people and reaching them with the gospel. Another group, men. Most of the men in Latin America are not only unreached with the gospel, most of them are now considered unreachable because they've come, become so hard to the gospel of Jesus Christ. University students. For years, Juan and I lived in the city of Bloomington, worked with Chi Alpha at Indiana University. We love that ministry. But you see, in Latin America, most of our universities have no Christian ministry going on at all. And those university students need to hear about Jesus Christ. We believe in raising up people who will go and reach the universities. Unreached people's groups. A lot of times when we think of unreached people's groups, we think of the islands or Africa or far off places. But in Latin America, we have over 635 unreached people's groups, tribes and groups of people where less than 1% of the population in those tribes have ever heard the gospel message before. Just in the country of Peru, we have 82 unreached, unreached people's groups, 51 different languages that are spoken, and they need to hear about Christ. And another group of people, those with disabilities, especially the hearing impaired, who have the right and need to hear the, the, the gospel message in their own language. Just in the city of Lima, there are 630,000 hearing impaired in a city of 11 million people. And as far as we know, there are only two churches in the entire city 
that minister to the hearing impaired. Someone needs to go and reach them with the gospel message and give them the message in their own language. So what have Juan and I been doing for the last 25 years? Reaching the lost, training the found. How do we reach the lost? Well, the Lord gave us a really good tool for reaching the lost in Latin America. We call them soccer salvation camps. What is a soccer salvation camp? It is a three-day camp. We partner with the local church, and for three days we play a lot of soccer. Why do, we do, why do we do soccer salvation camps? Because Jesus said, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of teenagers in Latin America. And you see, if you're going fishing, any fisherman here, you will know if you're going fishing, fishing, you need to know what kind of bait to use. Well, in Latin America, there's no greater bait than a soccer ball for a young man. And they come because of the soccer. But you see, we have an opportunity to share Christ with them. We start every day with devotions. We have them broken up to teams. They have team devotions during the day. We end each day with devotions. And then at night, we have an evening crusade where they get to invite their moms and dads. We give them special gifts. We give them a T-shirt for the, for the camp. We give them a Bible with their name written in it. And at the end of the camp, we give them a soccer ball. And over the last 20 years, as we've done these soccer salvation camps, 98% of those young men have given their lives to Christ. They've gotten involved in our discipleship plan. And most of those young men are still serving Christ today, involved in their church. Some of them are now serving on national levels because they got saved at a soccer salvation camp. So we had been doing these soccer salvation camps for a number of years. The ladies in our ministry came to us and said, when are you guys going to start doing something for girls? And I was like, well, what do you mean? Volleyball is the number one sport for girls across Latin America. So we began developing volleyball with value camps for girls, using the same technique three days, but as a ministry for girls, and the only people that are allowed to be a part of it are ladies. The young men in our ministry are only allowed to be there to make sure the glasses are filled up with water, to make sure the nets are up, and make sure the balls have air in them. That's all the contact they have with the girls. But then at night, rather than having an open crusade service, we have closed services just for those girls where they get to hear, hear special messages tailored just for them that God loves you. He knows everything that's gone in your life. He's that father who's been waiting for you to come home. He loves you, and you are special. And over the last five years, as we've held these, soccer, or these volleyball value camps, every single one of those girls has given their life to Christ. About four or five years ago, a pastor came to me and said, Pastor Rich, I want to plant a church in a part of my city where we have no church at all. Can you help me? I said, sure. We'll do a volleyball value camp. So we had 130 girls come to this camp. Every single one of them gave their life to Christ. And out of those 130 girls, they started a church. And those girls are still part of that church. But guess what? Now their moms and dads are getting saved. Just a few weeks ago, they had a water baptism. And moms and dads were getting baptized at the same time as their daughters. It was incredible to see. And this morning in Catacaus, Peru, there is a church. And it all started with a volleyball the value camp. Another thing that we do to reach, especially children, are what we call children's Christmas outreaches. High up in the Andes Mountains, around the city of Cusco, there are a lot of very poor villages where most kids do not get Christmas gifts. So every year we go up there, we hand out anywhere from four to 5,000 Christmas gifts to, give, to kids. We also do gospel presentations with choreography and drama. We hand out Christmas bread called panetone, hot chocolate. 
but we get to give these kids the gospel message. And over the last 15 years as we've done these children's Christmas outreaches, we have seen literally thousands and thousands and thousands of kids come to Christ. We partner with the Assembly of God churches in those areas. We've been able to start Sunday schools for these kids in all these churches across the high Andes Mountains. God's doing incredible things. You see, we believe in reaching the lost, but we also believe in training the found. And for years, we've been doing training. One of the doors that the Lord has opened up to us for this next term is what is called Latin America Advanced School of Theology. You see, for years, we've worked with Master's Commission, training young people to go and be pastors, missionaries, evangelists. And all across Peru now, we have pastors and missionaries that have come through our, our ministry. We have young people who have gone and done a missions assignment and now come back and say, I want to be a missionary. But now the Lord has opened up a new area for us. He spoke to us not too long ago and said, you need to enlarge your tent, lengthen your tent cords, and strengthen your stakes. And now with Latin America Advanced School of Theology, we're gonna be able to go and work all across Latin America, training pastors, preparing missionaries so that they can go and have a greater impact in the area where they work. But you see, we believe in training people who hear what the Spirit is saying. One of the classes I get to teach is actually the class of pneumatology. And in 2020, while we were teaching our classes online because everything had closed down, we had one class where we had 68 students from 16 different countries, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Panama, Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, Argentina, all across Latin America. And then you may not know this, but Latin America is now sending out missionaries. We actually had some of our Latin American missionaries who are studying in places like Spain, Madagascar, and all the way out in India, tuning in to receive teaching and training. But we believe in training people to hear what the Spirit is saying. One of those young people who has been through our ministry is a young lady by the name of Marilena. Marilena is a young lady who believes in hearing what the Spirit is saying. And just a couple years ago, one of her friends was bringing her son by the name of Alex to the city of Lima for some tests. You see, Alex had leukemia. And they were doing some tests. He was dying the Spirit spoke to Mighty Lena and said, you need to go and pray for little Alex. So she found out where they were at, went to the house and prayed for him. The next day, the mom took Alex to the doctors and they ran all the tests, went home. And about two weeks later, Mighty Lena's phone rang. The mom was on the other end. She said, Mighty Lena, we got the test results back. There's no more leukemia in Alex's body. He has been healed. Thank you for praying for him. All because a young lady heard what the Spirit was saying and followed through. I mentioned that we've been working with Master's Commission. You see, we've sent out 68 missionaries, sorry, 76 missionaries to about 17 different countries across Latin America. And you see, they come back and God begins to tell them, you know, I want you to go and be full-time missionaries. And in this next slide, there's a group of young ladies that God has called from our ministry to go to some of the most difficult places in the world, to go to work among Muslims in North Africa, in East Africa, to go and work among unreached people's groups. One of those young ladies with her husband, Salvador, left last month, and they are now working in a Muslim country, reaching out to those who need to know about Christ. And there is a wave that is coming 
There's gonna be the next wave of missionaries and it's gonna come from Latin America and it's gonna go to the ends of the earth. And these young ladies are part of that wave. But you see, we believe in training people who hear what the Spirit is saying and they heard the Spirit speak and he's calling them and they're going. Young people like John Wilson. John Wilson is another young man who came through our ministry. And you may not know this about Peru, but Peru actually had one of the strictest lockdowns in the world during this whole COVID pandemic. We were not allowed to drive our personal vehicle for six months. Pastors and nobody were allowed to drive their cars on Sundays for a year and a half. Most of our churches were closed down for a very long period of time. Travel between cities was extremely restricted. Those laws applied to everybody except John Wilson. We don't know how, but John Wilson was traveling all over the country of Peru. Out in the jungle, up in the mountains. We see, see him out doing children's ministries when you're really not supposed to be doing all those things. And then in the middle of the pandemic, somehow he learned sign language. <clears throat> Last fall, he boarded a plane, flew to the city of Mexico, a city with over a million hearing impaired, to go and minister among hearing impaired children. He's come through our ministry, so guess what he was using to reach them? Guessed it, soccer. All because the Spirit called him, and he said, Lord, here am I. I'm ready to go. People like Johan and Claudia Rodriguez. Claudia was a young lady who came from the Dominican Republic to work with us for about six or seven months. While she was doing her missions assignment, we sent her out to the Amazon jungle to work on the edge of the rivers. While she was there, the Spirit spoke to her and said, I want you to come back and work in this area in Peru. She said, great, Lord, that's fine, but I need a husband. <clears throat> she ended up going back to the Dominican Republic, met Johan, had the exact same call. They got married. They now have two kids. But now they are working in the Amazon jungle. They live in the city of Yurimaguas. Yurimaguas is the place in Peru where the road ends. From there on, it's rivers and you take boats. They heard about an unreached people's group out there called the Chaiwita. The closest village was 15 hours away in a little boat called a Peke Peke. Why do they call it a Peke Peke? Because that's how the motor sounds. Peke 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 Peke. <laughs> 15 hours out to this Chawita village. They got there and spent about a week there, found some people that spoke Spanish. We were able to translate for them into the Chawita language, began sharing Christ with them. After about a week, the chief and the men of the village came to them and said, we want to thank you for coming and sharing your message. You can go home now. We're going to take some time. We're going to think about it. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to make a decision. Why don't you come back in about 14 days? So they went home, 15 hours back home, on that little boat, waited about 14 days, 14, 15 hours back out to the Chawita village. They got there, the tribe met them. That night they had a huge celebration. And at the end of the celebration, the chief stood up and said, again, we wanna thank you for coming and sharing your message with us. We have made a decision and we have decided that as a village, we will accept Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. All because a couple of young people heard what the Spirit said and said, Lord, we'll go and do whatever you ask us to do. 
Another young man who's come through our ministry, Santiago Soto. Santiago was a young man with great possibility in the area of soccer. He was already playing Division II at the age of 16, was planning to become a professional soccer player, was part of one of our Simmons Guide churches, was playing a game and tore up his knee. He laid in bed that night and said, Lord, what do you want me to do now? The next morning, his phone rang. Somebody from the church was calling and said, Santiago, would you like to be part of the children's ministry? How's that an answer to prayer? Pastor Jeremy, you make, make some phone calls now. <laughs> he got involved in the children's ministry, got called into full-time ministry, came through our master's commission program. Santiago now pastors a church out on the edge of the Amazon River. Another area of Peru, he heard about a group called the Machiganga. Found out that they were only about three or four hours away from him. Two hours by bus and two hours walking out into the jungle. So he went out, walked two hours out into the jungle to get to this village. Began sharing Christ with the people. At first they were a little resistant, but finally got about 25 people saved. So then in the middle of the pandemic, I get a phone call from Santiago. He said, Pastor Rich, <clears throat> the people of the village have given me a piece of land. I want to build a church. Can you help me? I was like, um, Santiago, we're in a pandemic. We're not supposed to be doing those things. Well, he's worked with us on a lot of construction teams, projects, so he knows how the game works. He says, can you at least send a project into your headquarters and see if they approve it? So I did. It was approved. And a church heard about the project, and they sent money in the middle of the pandemic. I called Santiago, and I said, Santiago, do you have a bank account? No. You better get one, because we have money. So in the middle of the pandemic, when you're not supposed to be having church, and you're definitely not supposed to be building churches, guess what Santiago did? First of all, he had the very first water baptism among the Machiganga, and then he built the very first church among the Machiganga, an Assembly of God church, in the little town of Chacopichato. You see a young man hearing what the Spirit is saying, and you see the Spirit is speaking today. He's speaking to you, and he's speaking to churches all around the globe. We want to share with you one church that the Spirit has been speaking to in the city of Satipo. Satipo is a city in another part of the Amazon jungle. You have to understand this thing is huge. There's cities all over the place. But Satipo is strategically located because it's at the headwaters of three rivers that go out into the jungle. And they have a vision to reach and to plant churches up and down the Amazon jungle. What is the name of the church? Philadelphia. When they came to us and talked to us about their project, they had a church building that was made out of mud brick. It was about to fall apart. So the first thing we did is we tore it down. Then we started with the footers. Anybody ever dug footers in clay? I have, not much fun. We began building the, the church. 
then the pandemic hit. But this month, they're going to put the roof on the sanctuary part of the project. But you see, this is going to be an evangelistic center. We still have to finish the building of the evangelistic center because they have a vision to raise up pastors, to raise up missionaries who will go and plant churches. And you see, if you look at that map, that's their vision right there. Because on that map, there are 50 dots. And every single one of those dots represents a village where there's no church. One man in their church has been going and visiting these villages. One man. The church has caught the vision. And they want to raise up 50 pastors who will go and plant 50 villages in places where the gospel's never been preached before, where there is no church. We're raising funds. But you see, the Spirit is speaking today. And He's speaking to people all across this congregation. And I want to challenge you this morning to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. If you're under the age of 20, remember, you are a generation, a special generation, a chosen generation to take the gospel where it's never been preached before. You are the generation that could complete fulfill the Great Commission. How would you like to be the person that preaches the gospel to the last person on earth who'd never heard the gospel before? That's your generation. If you're one of us older guys, I want to challenge you to dream dreams. Invest in this generation. Invest in this generation that's coming behind us. Dream dreams. Make it possible so that they can be successful. Don't believe all the junk that's been written about them. God has them positioned perfectly for this time. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters and then us old guys get to dream dreams I want to challenge you this morning to do everything within your power to fulfill the great commission whether it's knocking on the door of your next door neighbor sharing your faith with a friend Maybe the Lord may ask you to do something really crazy sometime. Maybe you'll be walking along the street and he'll say, you need to go pray for that person. But Lord, I don't even know that. I'm just going to ask you to hear what he says. And then do it. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here this morning, you may say, Pastor Rich, that sounds really good. But I'm not in a right relationship with God this morning. If you're here this morning 
and you're not in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you've never accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, this morning you would like to do that. I'm going to ask you to do something very simple this morning. Right where you're at, I'm going to ask you very quickly just to put your hand up and then you can put it back down. Is there anyone? Then let me ask you one more question. How many of you are willing to go and fulfill the Great Commission and do whatever he's asking you to do? If that's you this morning, just put your hand up and you can put it back down. Yes, yes, yes. How many of you old guys are willing to dream dreams for the next generation? I raise my hand too. I'm part of that group. How many of you young people are willing to say, Lord, I will hear your voice and I'll do whatever you call me to do. Lord, we thank you for this church. Lord, for the vision that they have to reach the lost and to train the found. Lord, to fulfill the Great Commission, I ask, Lord, that you will pour yourself out in this church and in this community Lord, like you never have before. Lord, for I know that your will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Lord, we want to thank you for the privilege we have to serve you. In spirit, I ask one more time that you'll speak to everyone who's here. That you'll pour yourself out on everyone who's here today. Let them hear your voice. Touch their hearts, Lord. Guide them day by day and step by step. Lord, as you've done with Marilena and Viviana and Salvador, John Wilson, Claudia, Johan, Santiago. Lord, I ask that you will do the same with every person in this church today guide and direct them. We thank you for it. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name.